Hey everyone, I'm Jasper. And I'm Stefano. And welcome to Make the Jump, where our mission is to find unique experiences, perspectives, and mindsets of individuals from all walks of life. If there's one thing we know, success comes in many different forms, and it's our goal to find out just how diverse it can be. The purpose of this podcast is to share with you, the listener, what we learn from some of the most successful people we know. So let's jump right in. Today's guest is an up-and-coming athlete from Northern California. He's played professional soccer for the likes of LAFC, has represented the United States national team, and has even played abroad in Europe for some time. With that, please welcome Shaft Brewer Jr. Shaft, thanks for coming on, brother. We really appreciate it. Oh, no, for sure. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. I love podcasts. I love doing this stuff because it's it's good always to have conversations with different various groups of right. people. So, yeah, man. No, I had a, I was on a, I did a Zoom call with the, he was like 13 or something, 14. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was like, I have this podcast, like, would love for you to be on it. And I was like, sure, why not? And, you know, he went on there, did his job ask real good questions and then you know we had a good good talk for you yeah know, dude you know what i mean so yeah i think it's great to be on stuff like this just just for the purpose of um, spreading information and knowledge from different people and seeing yeah. different views and things like that you know what i mean so i think i think we'll 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 start with that um i think what's really important and we, we always come back to why the reason why i made this podcast is perspective we're all starting somewhere different. We've all got our own story and our own battles. And if you could just give us your roadmap to where you are today, I guess maybe five minutes, 10 minutes, however long it takes you to just kind of go through, talk about some positive and negative experiences. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll start there. Um, so basically, you know, I grew up, born and raised here um, in California, Sacramento, and then I kind of went through my whole career with the, you know, just kind of a normal player. Um, but I was always kind of an underdog. I, I was very small growing up. So I had this thing where, you know, I was playing a year up always. And I was always the smaller kid. So there was big kids and I had to adapt. And, and kind of that was just my my thing. So I was never really used to being like the the – that kid that was given this, the the roles or, you know what I mean? Like I never had that, that, um, that was never my position in my career ever. So when I got older um, and I just went from team to team, team to team, I started doing better. And then I played on, what was it? I went to ID2, if anybody knows what ID2 is. Uh, what is, what is ID2 that. for those of us? So ID2 is like an identification type um, program. And so, uh, you know, I was on PDP and then I was on ID2, which is like the national identification thing before you go to the national team. And and then I did national team camp when I was like 14. Yeah. And then, you know, that didn't work out. Um, and so it kind of went through my whole career. Uh, and it was just a very interesting pathway, I guess, the way that everything rolled out to, to work. And 
I did everything. You know, I played recreational soccer. Then I did basketball for a couple of years. Then I did American football for a year. And then, then I found myself playing competitive soccer out of nowhere. And it was, um, it was actually a fluke. I was at recess <laughs> playing with my friend. Mm-hmm. We were just playing the ball, right? And you can imagine at this time, I really had no skill, like no skill whatsoever. Yeah. And I had, me and him were just playing around it. And the lady comes to me and she's like, hey, you should come try out for this competitive team. Mm. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, come, come try out for this competitive team. Um, I think you, you know, you would like it or fit it. So I'm like, first of all, I don't even know what a competitive team is. And then also I had been playing recreational my whole life. So there was no like competitive. I knew nothing of it. So, you know, she brings me this opportunity and, you know, I bring it back to my my parents and I'm like, hey, you know, blah, blah, and we do the research. And then he's like, do you want to go to it? I was like, sure. You know, it's two trials, right? So this is, I think this is two trials that determined my life. I think that I look back on and I'm like, oh my goodness, my life could have went a completely different way. Right. Um, So there was one team they're called Everton, blue team. I didn't like them. I just didn't like them, right? We went to the trial. The grass was terrible. Just didn't like how everything was ran in the trial, right? Then yeah. you've got Sac United, which they had an artificial turf, right? So yeah. the artificial grass, they ran the tryout perfectly. We we're doing games, skill moves, all of that. So I was like, hmm, I for some reason had a little, you know, uh, like my instinct was telling me go this way. Yeah. And obviously I ended up choosing Sac United right and I went that way I got to a point where then it was like point zero and then I was like national team level you know like yeah. this and I was, yeah. I was like in the span of four years I'm national team level and I was like oh my goodness this is crazy um then I started going to academy so I played my first academy team then I did well there so then I moved to Sacramento United uh Republic their first year of academy yeah um and I played with under 16s there and we I had a great year. And then I I got back onto the national team. Um, And then I went to FC Dallas. I moved to FC Dallas my senior year. And that senior year um, was a very good year for us. Uh, We had done very well in the league. We were, uh, I had gotten back onto the national team fully under 18s. And we were traveling, doing tournaments, all of that. And then a part of that, I was living on my own in an apartment. That's a new thing, man. That's a big jump. Senior year. So still being in high school, exactly like senior year, you know what I mean? You're like, what? You did that? Yes. And a lot of the people that I was in school with, they're like, you have your own apartment? We're like, yeah, we do. What? You know? So it was was a crazy thing. And then um, I had plans on a commit. I committed to Oregon State University on a full ride. Wow before I, I went out there and, and the whole purpose of me going out there senior year was um just to get as good as possible be my best um just to level up because I was in Sacramento everything was too easy my under 16 years so I was just like I need to level up so I left and I went to Texas the best team in the country for yep. two years they won back-to-back national uh, championships yep their academy so I was like all right cool I had a couple friends from the national team who played on that team and they're like come you should be here you know so I went there it was a great environment I did very well you know I I got better and then from there you know we went to Florida Showcase and if you know about the the Florida Showcase it's literally the best 
place to get scouted from everywhere. Yeah. Uh, for those just, of, I just want to say, for those of you who don't know, who's listening and for Stefano, the Florida Showcase is what was the DA's, uh, the Development Academy, which is the highest level league in the nation, which now just folded. But um, it's like the hub of play. There's international agents who come. There are agents from around the country who come. There's every college coach that ever played mm-hmm. at a high level, coach at a high level is there. So it's really like the place to be for American soccer in the winter. I just mm-hmm. wanted to say that. Yeah, so it's it's such a great um, opportunity for kids. And, and if you are listening as a, as a player, as an under – you know, whether you may be a development academy player or you do op- get the opportunity to go with, you know, maybe your club team or something like that, uh, make the most of it because you never know who's watching it. Just like me, yeah. Yeah. I never knew who was watching. And it actually turns out to be Hamburg, which is a team, yeah. a professional team. in um, they were in the Bundesliga at the time. Yeah. But they're in Germany. And, you know, uh, for me, I was just there doing, you know, what I do. I was just there to play, yeah. my out and, and 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 grind. You know what I mean? Because at this time, my biggest focus was trying to get as good as possible before I go to college. Because I was really excited to go to college. You know what I mean? Um, and from there, it I get a call no later than like a week or two after, and I'm at home and I get a call and, it, and it's this random guy and he's like, hey. Um, I'm an agent, you know, and this and that. And um, we're going to debunk some things uh, because I think the the system between Major League Soccer and its and its development players, yeah, um, I think there's a big problem. And yeah. obviously for players overseas, when they say we're trying to develop players, they mean they're trying to develop players yeah. because they, they, they will take a player grow you through their academy and if you look at every single premier league team yeah. that's, that's the system is how it works most of the players don't actually become first team players because they get bought by other teams yeah. right and their development academies are so good they're they're developing first team players at 13 and 12 right wow. yeah so when it comes to america we're developing great players but then they don't want to invest that back into their own selves. They want yeah. to hold them down. So a lot of European scouts will come and grab American kids because they know that uh, they know that their potential is really good or maybe different. Yeah, it's all true. We have so many people in the United States. How can you not be producing? Yeah, millions of kids. We have millions of kids who are so good yeah. that. They don't, they don't progress because there's one, there's no foundation for them to grow. Yeah. And also there's nobody telling them, Hey, you should go to Europe. Right. Right. Oh, this club is approaching you to go play overseas in Fiorentina or in, or in Germany or whatever. Go. Right. There's this border that says, no, we want you to come stay here in America and go to college. Mm. And it's like, that's not realistic considering the fact that, if if a kid has brought the opportunity to go play overseas, he should take the opportunity. Right? Because it's an experience that you will never ever probably get again if if you're not like top level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So for me, you know, um, when I went to FC Dallas, you know, this is the kind of thing that they they'll brief you on. They'll say, "Hey, 
you know, right when you get there, um, they're like, hey, you know, what's going on, da, da, da. They're like, if you have any agents come speak to you, you know, tell us first so we can let you guys, let you know which agents are good to go with. Yeah. So, you know, I was speaking a little bit with, with him and then that's, that's one of the staff, the coaches and the staff. Yeah. I spoke to, um, so I had a good friend um, and I spoke to his parent and his parent was very knowledge. He had a lot of knowledge on this stuff. And he was like, he was like, don't speak to them. You, you speak to your parents and then you guys devise a plan yeah. based on how you want to, how you want to take that action. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I wonder, you know, why? And he's like, because these clubs, they just want to force their agents on the players, mm. right? So once they know agents are coming, they'll send one of their agents to you to say, mm. hey, we actually have a plan that brings you back to FC Dallas yeah. or that brings you back to LAFC or that wraps you back to the MLS club, right? Because they don't mm. want you to leave. They want to sign you on a low, zero money, homegrown contract. Yeah. <laughs> make anything on for six, seven years, and then they can drag you out and you're basically waste, right? So for me, I was like, okay, cool. I had this agent call me. I'm like, boom, what is this? He's like, I have some opportunities in Germany. I want you to consider it and hang up. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, I'm in, my, I'm in my room going crazy. And I'm like, oh my days, this is unreal. So I yeah. phoned my dad, yo dad, there's some guy talking about da 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 da, yeah. and he was like, he was like, oh, um, okay. But being the the dad that my dad is, he um, always takes these situations and puts them in a real bubble, right? And he's sitting there like, look, this is a real opportunity, but you have school. Yeah. So these are two decisions, right? Are you just gonna, you know what I mean? So. We ended up having, um, I was back at home, I think, for Christmas. And he would, you know, one of the agents goes, um, hey, I'm going to come fly to Sacramento. Yeah. What? He's like, yeah, we're going to come so we can show you how dedicated we are. Is this an agency or just an individual guy? An agency and the agent for the agency who actually owns the agency calls me and he's like, I'm going to come. We're going to come meet you. Yeah. So it was him and his colleague, and one of the colleagues played in many years in professional. Yeah. yeah. So they fly out and make this effort. And, and mind you, like, we had another agent call, and he's with another big group. Um, and he, he, he reached out and said, hey, you know, blah, blah, we would like to meet. But there were some things I, I didn't like. Um, at this point, I kind of had my mindset on going to Europe. Yeah. So, you know, and he wasn't speaking about Europe. He yeah. Was like, you know, college route and this and that. And I was like, I, I need somebody that's about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at this point I was, I was in that mindset, like, let's go. Yeah. You know I mean? Let's so, go all the way. Let's take this. And, and that's why yeah. I was like, oh, I have really have the opportunity. Like, let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was still in school. I was still doing FC Dallas. So, you know, there's some sacrifices you have to take. They, have, they just have residence. Uh, you're just doing like school, like online. Yeah. School. No, 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 no. I had to go to school. Oh, really? So, yeah, so wow. I had to lie <laughs> about my whereabouts. Yeah. Um, you had to lie to the school or to SC Dallas? Nope. man. So when I was back home, right, um, they come and meet me and we go to BJ. Yeah. 
love DJ. DJ's is a great place. Mm-hmm. And we we meet and they they come in and sit down. Boom, they're talking. It's this big, tall South African guy, huge, like six, 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 seven. Yeah. There's this kind of shorter, my height, five eight, but stocky. And they both have accents. We're talking about everything, da da da. We get to the end of the conversation. I signed the contract with them. Wow! Right then and there, you right felt like there. there was enough. There was enough. I felt like that that energy to present yourself. You flew from Europe yeah. to come meet me in person. They believed so, in you. So exactly. So I said, you know what? I like this. They told my dad, we I believe in you. We believe in him. We're gonna take very good care of him. He's gonna go to Europe, get a good contract, and then he's gonna play overseas. So this is Christmas time. Then I go back to Texas. So no one knows anything. Yeah. Tell anybody. Then I I have to leave. Yeah. I have to go. We have to go to trials. Mm. Middle of the year, mind you. Middle of the middle of the school year. Like these like, are out of sync, so it's getting funny. Closer, getting closer to spring break, right? And I'm still yeah. playing with the team. Yeah. Oh, there's national team camps still going on. So we're trying to figure out how to do it while, you know, put it in the, how, how we could fit in the schedule. Yeah. End up flying out there, trying out Hamburg, didn't work out, come back. He's like, it's all right. Boom. Spring break comes, fly out again, go to Red Bull Leipzig, mm. get a trial with them. And I'm sitting there like, you know, he tells me the name. He's like, hey, this is a team. So yeah. me being the player I am, yeah. I go straight to FIFA because I don't know anything yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Go straight to FIFA and I'm like, okay, they got some raw players. Da, da, da. I'm like, dang, this team's really good. <laughs> well, then I come to find out, I go to trial with them. I do very, very well. Wow. Not even the full week they offer me. And I was like, what? Yeah. Money, table, contract there. I'm sitting there eating dinner. My agent comes, he goes, here, read that. Yeah. My. My head jumped off. I was yeah. through the. I was like, "Oh my god!" It was one of the best trials I've ever had, though. Wow. This is yeah. one of the best trials I've ever had. And I'm like, "Raw, this is it." Like, speak to my dad. My dad goes, "How much is it?" And he's like, "Okay, it's more than college. It's more than your full ride." Because I was a, the. If I'm gonna get a contract, it has to be more than my full ride. Mm. Yeah. All four years. Yeah. Looked at it. Numbers were good. I said, cool. Let's do it. So I get home. I had already signed it. Boom. Flew back. Then I'm continuing my career with FC Dallas. Right? So then we end up playing Dallas Cup, win Dallas Cup. Wait, so you had signed a contract with with Red Bull mm-hmm. and then had flown back to play Dallas Cup then to fly back to Red Bull later. So that summer, I was going to fly to Germany. Okay. And start, because I was going to graduate high school. I was going to be done with FC Dallas. Yeah. Whatever. So you had to kind of finish the season and the high school year with... Exactly. Right? So for me, FC Dallas doesn't know that I went and did that. And yeah. signed. I go back. I play. No, Me knowing this, but... There's always a thing that, regardless of my situation, what's in front of me, I'm always going to be playing. Yeah. Like, that was still my team. Those were still my boys. I'm still going to ball out. 
So we came back, national team. Boom, we went in tournament, won that tournament. We won an a international tournament. Mm. Come back, then we're playing um, Dallas Cup. Play Dallas Cup. Oh, my goodness. We had one of the best teams in the country for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And we ran rampage. We played Everton from, from Everton, yeah. right? Wow, the yeah. Everton, their academy team. Yep. They had Ryan Brewster, mm. <laughs> right? And he was starting as the, as the nine. Oh, wow, right up front. Talking so much less. Oh, oh my God, oh, bro. Because the year before, they had beat them. Mm. Yeah. So we're in, we're at the Rose Bowl, right? Or the Cotton Bowl, sorry, in Texas. Mm. Yeah. That's where the Dallas Cup was. So it was the first game. So there was a bunch of fans, right? And we we're playing Everton, who they last year got re- uh, knocked out before. Mm. Yeah. So I'm sitting next to these guys, and these guys are just talking so much head. And they're from the UK. So that's normal. Now, now me being there, I've been there a couple of times, and I know the players. This is normal. It's just normal for them. Yeah. Football, that's the grit. That's how they talk, right? Yeah. So chatting, 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 chatting. And we're just like, all right, cool, 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 cool. And just, I'm, you know, for me, when I, I, I get driven by that, right? So yeah. go out there and play. We go out there, boom. I scored um, the first goal. Mm. I think we ended up winning 3-1. One of wow. the best games, one of the best feelings we ever had. We were so excited. Brewster wasn't talking after that. Oh, they were so quiet. He goes <laughs> off the field. He gets off the field. He gets subbed off 60 minutes, and he's talking while he's getting off the field. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah get off the field. That's why you got subbed. Oh. Matt pissed going off the field. Loved it, man. It was, it was the best game. So that set off the tournament, right? Yeah. So you know, we go. We've got to play Monterey. Yeah. We had to play yeah. Arsenal. Oh, Eric Academy, bro! I swear they hated us. I swear they hated us when they made these teams because they yeah. were just like, bro. We had we that's had, the super group, man. Yeah, they're trying to make you guys look bad. We were in the super group, and it was all like European teams, or if it was mm-hmm. some, like Monterey had um one of my boys who plays in Mexico for Monterey's first team. Wow. Yeah, he starts for Monterey's first team right now. Mm. Yes. Yeah. National team with us, but he chose Mexico's national team. Yeah. So he's on the first Mexican national team as well as the first Monterey national team. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, team. So we're playing them, boom, and we tied the first game. So we played, we tied Monterey, we beat Arsenal, we beat Everton, we beat the other team. Oh, it was a, it was a Japanese team. Mm-hmm. We ended up beating them as well. Mm-hmm. So we had been undefeated our whole way through, and we yeah. were great. The final, the semifinal is in, is at the Dallas Stadium, right? Yeah. Ended up winning that. Then we have the final in the Dallas Stadium. All of our friends, families are there and we're playing. Um, who was it? Was it Monterey? It was either Monterey or it was another team. I'm pretty sure Monterey was the final. And we won that game. That game was some dream game, you know, something like just a fluke. And everyone's like, what's going on here? So we ended up winning that one Dallas Cup. Mm-hmm. Then after that, I had a national team camp. I left, and then my coaches found out about Germany. Wow. And then it was time for you to get out of the States. And it like I had to finish my last bit in Texas, not playing. I was suspended. Yeah. And I was just going to school. 
Were you suspended because of the Germany thing or? Yes. So they found out and they didn't, that's how they took it. Mm. They're like, oh, should have told us. And I'm like, but the thing is this, the way the system works, I don't think it would have been that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have that type of control on not letting you fly. You're not going to let me fly. Yeah. Right. So I had to take that step for my own career. And this is if for kids that are watching. You have to take, you have to do things in your life that's going to make you uncomfortable or that's going to, you know, you have to take risks. You have to do these things because you won't get any reward. This was a crazy reward for the risk that I had to take. It was a crazy risk, crazy reward. Right. And me knowing myself, I had to prove to myself how good am I actually. Yeah. That was the reason I went to Germany was I don't know how these players play. I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're amazing. I'm going over there thinking these players are top tier Cristiano Ronaldo players. Mm. This is what I'm thinking because no one's ever explained to me, hey, no, actually they're just regular players. No one, no one, no one knows, first of all, and in my circle, no one knew and no one had been there and no one had that experience. So for me to go over there and and do that and say that and have that experience was very huge for me because then I proved myself, I proved to myself, like I could have been doing this years ago. Yeah. I have a British passport. I could have done this years ago. Yeah. I could have flown to England or Germany and been playing in the academy. Yeah, you were younger. Yeah. I could have been doing this, right? Yeah. So when I had gone over there and proven to myself, I can do this. That was, and my agent seen that, he was like, oh, okay, you can do this. Yeah. You know, that was the big, like, all right, this is it, you know, this is. And I felt so good being there. It yeah. felt natural. Mm-hmm. You know, when you feel at home, that's what I yeah. felt like. But I wasn't in a, I was in a foreign country. People didn't speak the same language. But as soon as you get on the field, football is one language, mm-hmm. right? And as an athlete, as a football player, you know that this is like, you get on the field. I don't need to tell you, pass. That language is... is, is it comes naturally when you're exactly, playing. Yeah. Exactly. You know this. So... When I had gotten there, there was the language barrier that was there, but the football barrier wasn't there. When you have that football knowledge, yeah. you play with anybody, right? Mm-hmm. So I had gotten there, and I was just like, oh, my goodness. I'm playing with this – what I ended up – the way that they do it is they'll have you train with your age and then the years up. Mm-hmm. So I did half of the trial for my first Hamburg trial with the under – 21 under 23 mm-hmm. mind you these are men right i was training with the under 18s which are like my age 16 17 then i went to train with the under 23s which are 21 22 19 these guys that are with the first team playing with the first team or they're playing with the second team yeah and half of my trial was the, you know the beginning part one up under 18s did well cool mm. ever and then, you know, that's an, that's an artificial turf, right? They, their fields, you can really tell what's next year. Then you go to under 23s. Mm. Their field is the nice, beautiful, easy-flowing uh, turf that's fluffy, right? You walk in there. I walked in the locker room like <laughs> I was scared, you know, because I'm not only training with the older kids, but all these guys are looking at me. And this was the first time I had, I had done a trial like this. And you go in there and you feel that like hostility barrier that just like 
I'm gonna fuck you up in training today. Wow. And I'm like, really? You know? And that's that. It's that that what they give the mean mugs, the everything. They say, hey, how are you? Hey, hey, shake your hand. Hey. But did hey. you? Can I ask? Did you get a sense of mutual respect when you joined them though? Too that there was like a respect that both of us made it here, so we oh, were on the so same pitch together. Yeah. That. that so what happens? This is why I love Europe. This is why I love football. You go in there, right, under 23. So imagine I told them, you know, I'm 17 at the yeah. time. And these guys are older, right? And, and, you know, we go out for our first session. And, and you know, it got me with my neck thing on. And, and this is my first time. And I'm like, hmm. so I start touching the ball. And, like, I feel like my touch is off a little bit. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, no, I can't do this. You know, my, my dad's watching, right? So my dad yeah. is going out because this was the first trial. So he's like, I want to be there. Yeah. So I flew out and he was with, with my agents and they're sitting there watching training. And I feel like everybody's watching and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. And then I go out there and I just do my thing. And I, I had one of the best sessions I had in a while. Very, very, very good. Went there, proved myself like I fit in the team. Mm -hmm. Scoring goals, volleys, bangers, bro. I was just like, my 1v1s, I was destroying their defenders. Wow. Went back in the locker room. Never will forget this. Literally, everyone that walked back in was like, hey, you know, how are you? I, English. They started speaking English. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Would you look at that? Like, so, hmm. As soon as you Too proved fast. yourself to them, they were, they, as, soon as you prove yourself, you get that respect. And then they go, oh, no, he's actually good. Mm. Okay. Well, how are you? You good. Where do you come from? America, the friendliest people. Yeah, but you gotta I earn it never, first. I will never. You have to go in there to prove yourself first, yeah. and then they say you've earned my respect. There you go. You went yeah. out there and you dirty. You did him dirty. Yeah. You get my respect. Mm. Right. Yeah. So from there, I was like, uh oh, like new newfound confidence. It was a different type of confidence. Though. Yeah. This, I just proved myself in Europe. Yeah. And I had been playing national team games. We played Russia, Slovakia, Portugal, Spain. We played these teams, right? So it's different. But to prove yourself in a club there, that was where, for me, it hit differently. Yeah. And I had, that's why when I went back to Texas, I was like, new confidence. You're the big man there. No. I, was like, I was like, this is easy because the training yeah. were easy, right? Then I was going to train with the first team. In the first team trainings, I was doing very well. Right. So then I'm thinking, hey, you guys, you know, um, I don't think I had signed the contract yet, yet, but I was about to. Mm. And so I was waiting to see like what FC Dallas was going to do. And I was going to say, like, are you guys going to sign me or what's going on here? You know, because I had gotten in a lot of first team trainings when I got back, mm. a lot of first team trainings. And for me, I said, nah, whatever. Then I got suspended, whatever that happened. I said, cool. I don't care. Anymore. Then I left. I left, went out to Germany, did my thing. Then I left Germany, went, moved to, and I went around, kind of went different clubs, different trials. You said you tried. I remember we talked about, didn't you trial for Stoke? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went to Germany. I went to England. Yeah. For Sunderland, Brightonhove and Albion. Yeah. Um, and then Stoke. And yeah. I should have signed for Stoke. Really? Why? Yeah. I have been for the agent. I mean, the the they fired the head coach on the first team. Yeah. 
they fired the head coach on the first team and the assistant manager as well as the first team manager on the under 23. Mm. And they told me, oh, we're not looking for players anymore. Mind you, for two weeks, I had gone and balled out. I would train with the first team with when Shakiri was there and uh, that I trained um, when they were still at the club. Yep. And I went there and that was like, that was a shocking thing because they just kind of threw me in. They're like, yep, you're with the first team. I was like, bro, hello, my name's Shaft. Uh, <laughs> we have a beginning session. Can I train with the under 18s first, you know? Yeah. Nope. So I was going to train with the under 18s, the under 23s, and the first team that week. So, so they the, just do they just cycle you between? So like let's say like a Monday you train with the 18s and then. Mm-hmm. So literally my yeah, plan was that day I was supposed to train with the under 18s. Yeah. They had training at the same time as the yeah. pro. Then they go. Half of you guys are going here. Half of you guys are going here. I'm on the board. I'm on one team. I'm on one side. So I was like, all right, where do we go? So I'm with the guys. And they're like, yeah, we're going over to this field. I'm seeing these huge players. And I'm like, I didn't know it was the first team. No one explained to me. It yeah, was the first but they look like. On the first team pitch, bro. I was like, what? We get on there and I see all these huge players. And I was like, oh, oh, y'all are first team players. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, this is serious. Bro, I had a very, very good session. Wow. Yeah. Very, very good session. And then they wanted me to stay an extra week. So I stayed, trained, had more sessions with the first team, the under-23s. They were going to sign me for the under-23s. The players were like, bro, there's no reason you're not going to sign. Like, Mm. dude, you came out here. They're like, bro, welcome to the team, basically. Yeah. Yeah hung out with the players, all of that. Wow. When for Christmas, got the call, hey, we're not going to sign you, blah, blah. I was like, so mm. devastated by that. Um, and then at that time, that's I remember we talked about this in car rides to pick up, but you said that's kind of when LAFC kind of became an opportunity. Could you, could you touch on LAFC mm-hmm. um, and then coming back to the States and then having that opportunity with, a, with an expansion team? I mean, that was the first year. So that was also kind of like a big uh, thing. So I went to Belgium for my last hurrah in Europe. Yeah, That didn't work out because um, they wanted me to stay an extra week. My agent was like, no, you have to make a decision. From there, I went. Um, then I get a call. Hey, we've got, you know, you've got uh, LAFC. So he's like, go out to Belgium. Belgium doesn't work. You're going to LA for a preseason. I was like, mm-hmm. cool. So I went there. It was low key like home. Cause you can kind of feel that energy. Like the universe will kind of give you signals. And for me, when I went back to LA, expansion team, they're training at UCLA. And I just liked the old vibe. It was, it was good vibe. And then, you know, I started training and I liked the way that they were doing things and, you know, everything was new. So it was so cool being a part of it. And, um, the whole franchise expansion team was sick and and meeting all the new players Carlos Vela at the time I didn't realize like how big Carlos Vela was or like how yeah. big you know like Diego Rossi and and like these players that were here the experienced ones and like Laurent Simon I didn't know how big these people were yeah. so you know I'm just Gio comes I mean it was a it was a real it was, was a, a really big thing 
exactly. So, you know, being a part of that and going through it, going through preseason, getting the contract, getting my place, living in L.A., yep. training every day, just trying to get better. I loved it. Uh, I love the challenge, the experience. I definitely think the way America is is so much more different than Europe that I personally would not want to be here. Yeah. At a young age. Um, and that's just due to the fact that America and, you know, whoever is listening to this, sorry to poo on America. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have our stuff together. And in terms of development, there's a lot of like, there's a huge gap. Like we still don't even have our development system figured out. It just folded. <laughs> like, what is that? to an MLS development one and it's like yeah. how now are kids supposed to be they have to get on an MLS team right means right. a lot of them are going to have to move and there's millions of kids and there's not enough MLS teams yeah development academy got was very good because it gave not only universities the opportunity to scout you know in it like throughout the nation yeah and they didn't have to go to they don't have to fly to one team or, or one, you know what I mean? Just to scout, they can just fly to their area, right? Or wherever it may be, wherever they want to go. So, um, you know, apart from that, I think MLS teams, MLS clubs, I personally don't like the way that they handle things. And this is, this is real talk coming from one of the players that I'm not scared. Obviously, I don't play for MLS and I will come back to play for MLS. I think I'll come back and maybe play for either Sacramento or United or LAFC later in my career. Yeah. But I don't plan on playing in, in, in the United States anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, um, and that's just because, you know, I usually am very cautious about what I say, but, you know, that was a different time. And I think MLS, you guys don't do, they don't do a good enough job on giving young players enough. Yeah. And that's everything enough whether it may be taking care of them, giving them enough knowledge and information yeah. to say, hey, you should, you should probably go with this car. You should probably do this. You should get this place. A little more guidance. Way more guidance. Yeah. We're still children at this yeah. age. There's still a lot of young academy players who now sign professional contracts. Yeah. There's kids who are under 18. If you're under the age of 18, even if yeah. you're, I think if you are under the age of 22, there should be some type of guidance on at least giving you the opportunity to have guidance yeah. on, hey, do you need help with anything? What don't you know how to do? How can we help you? And how can we make your experience here at MLS better? And were you able to see that that guidance was given to you in Europe and not here? Oh, for sure. Yeah. When I was in Europe, bro, they were like, we're going to get you an apartment. We'll get you a car. Oh, we'll wow. get you phone. We'll get you bank. We'll get you all of this. When you turn 18, yeah, we'll, we'll handle all of it for you. Mm. And if you don't want to do the apartment, you can choose to go look for apartment yeah. yourself. Wow. Um, I think something that's interesting, and I don't know if I can, I mean, I'll touch on it, but I don't know how much of a big problem is. It's also it's, like the league is, the league is not really like lucrative. Like it's getting to that point, but like you have the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, these are all the best leagues in the world for their sport. And they're insanely wealthy leagues you come in as a rookie and you're making like probably i don't know like seven hundred thousand dollars you know oh i know they come in making like half a mil yeah, yeah. you know that, like that, that so, really, 
for you guys who are the equivalent of a rookie coming into the league, right? Technically, you, yep. I don't know. Kids are, it's not enough money. You guys are, don't get enough money to. I don't, I don't care what anyone says, whether it be Major League Soccer. And this is a yeah. problem. I would speak to league officials. I would speak to the people who run the league. Yeah. The owners, I don't care what I would get backlash from. I would go to their face and tell you, hey, I know you guys are sitting high and pretty in your whatever position, yeah. but you have to understand, we work for you. We yeah. make you money. The players make the money. Yeah. The players get the fans. The players play. Yeah. It's not the coaches. It's not the, 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 the staff. It's not the owners. They don't play. No one plays but the players. We're the only ones that can get it done. Right. You have proper good guidance with coaching and you can have the environment that helps you play better. Great fans, great staff that take care of you. Yeah. All of this goes into taking care of the player, right? Yeah. So if the player doesn't feel at home, if the player doesn't feel comfortable, if the player doesn't, isn't at ease, they will never excel. Yeah. Yeah. The player doesn't have the proper everything they wanted so when i went to europe there was not one thing i couldn't ask for yeah these people give cars with their sponsorships we've got sponsors by toyota we had in la we had sponsored by toyota by like what porsche or whatever wherever um whoever there was about audi or something like that Mm -hmm. right how can no one get a toyota for free how one can no one get an audi for free how does this not make sense this doesn't make sense to me and it also doesn't make sense how you guys aren't taking care of your players. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking care of the select few players that you are taking to. You the know, big players, Carlos Vela. Yeah, it's Lillard, the it's the business model because it's, apparently they're the whole driving force. I understand. It's very enticing to watch Carlos dribble and you know that from training with him. Amazing. But the but thing is, there's how to take care of everyone. Exactly. It doesn't that my thing is I love Carlos Vela with so much. I love him. I have so much respect for him and I would never talk bad on him. He needs other people to play. Exactly. Because it's a team sport. Yeah. Laurent needs his forwards and his fullbacks to play, his midfielders. He, it's just, he needs it. Tyler Miller needs his 10 players in front of him to get things done. I understand that some people make more money. I understand yeah. that Carlos should be making 10. Yeah. Players. Yeah. I understand. That's, that's fine. I understand that they should be making that. But the thing is, for me, I'm coming in and like, I came into a, a, I came into a under league minimum contract. Yeah. In Los Angeles, I want people to listen to me that are listening to this podcast right now. I want you to go do your own research and see how much the cost of living is in Los Angeles. It's easily a hundred thousand. That's the cost of living, and yeah. you have to make at least close to about a hundred thousand to have a decent life. Yeah. Not a great life, a decent life, right? I was making fifty-six thousand. Yeah, a year, right? A year. So for the people listening, mm-hmm. my first year, it progressively got better, but my first year I was making fifty-six thousand. Now I had um, an advantage because I did get paid from Germany, so I had some money saved to to yeah. go through that year. Not knowing, though, the guidance that I had, I thought it was enough. I did not know it was not enough. Yeah. I didn't know it wasn't enough. So wow. my first year was hell. 
along with it being great and fun and all of that financially was hell for me. Yeah. I was struggling paycheck to paycheck. How can I be a professional athlete? And yeah, make it's quite, it's quite yeah. odd. It's a unique perspective that really like you think, you know, being a, a pro athlete, especially at that level would be, you know, you'd be fine. You don't have to worry about it. You've worked very hard to get to this one point. So it's, it's actually really interesting that you say that. It's really, really interesting that you say that because I've, I've not heard that. And I'm and, sure there's a lot of young guys in the league that are feeling the same way. But Oh, mm-hmm. and like, obviously, I know in some other places where taxes don't hit the same, mm-hmm. yeah. like Atlanta and, and those places where the taxes are very low, yeah. that money will weigh differently, right? Yep. But for a person who has played overseas, has been through that system, I've seen how they take care of players. I came yep. in and I was confused. I was very confused because I'm like, there's one way of advertising how you guys do things, and then there's another way of doing it. Yeah. Right? And for me, I sat here and said, it, this is not enough. Yeah. You know, and then we've got meetings. We've got hour, two-hour-long meetings in preseason where they're speaking about CBA and how we're going to try and fight for the players, and we might have to go on strike. Mm. you're going to have to save up three months of salary, three months of salary. I'm sitting there like, bro, I can't even save up one month of salary. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean save three months just in case we go on strike? Yeah. We strike. I am effed. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, I, I love, I don't get me wrong. I love the club. I had a great experience. I love the fans. Yeah. I love being there. I had the best time. I think it was amazing. But I made do with what I had, obviously, and, and I gave – I always try to come to training with a good attitude and keep my smile because that's my personality. I just like to smile. I like to have fun. I like – that's yeah. my personality. You know what I mean? Jasper, you've met me. You, you know how yeah, we man. are and, and just how I like to listen to music. It's all like – it's all like, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, when I come to training every day with a good mentality and positivity, I want to be – you know, I want to be boom, and I don't want anything to come in and, and mess my mentality up. You know what I mean? And yeah, I never came to training like, oh, I don't make enough money. That was never, you know, I came to training like new opportunity. Boom. I love it. You know what I mean? This is what I do. I'm a pro athlete. You know what I mean? I live in LA. This is awesome. You know what I mean? I always, I I just kind of like got through it. Like, oh, this is probably how it is. Yeah. You know, and my first year was a very difficult year because, you know, um, I had a conversation with Bob and Bob was like, you know, we're going to loan you out beginning in my contract, you know, when I signed, he's like, we'll sign you, but we're going to look for a club for you because, you know, I don't think you're ready for the, the league. And I said, obviously, I didn't feel ready as well. Yeah. But the person I am and the player I am, I'm one of those people that, like, I always come in an underdog. I already know what it is. I know how, I know the feeling. I know when people are yeah. against me. I know when the odds are against me. Yeah. So I know how to operate, you know what I mean? I know to come to training, keep my head down, and do whatever I need to do. Yeah. And that's how it was. For that next three months, I literally had to grind every single day to even show myself. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, once we left UCLA and we had our own training facility that was built at Cal State Los Angeles, yeah, that's when it got serious. You know, we got to that new field, brand new grass, ball rolled perfectly, no mm-hmm. problems, right? We've got good environment. It's just that there's nothing else that will distract us, right? I started doing very well, right? And this is when I had switched to right fullback. They just Wait, threw so me up. You're saying that Bob 
before you guys went to the the real first team facility, mm-hmm. he was already thinking of in training, like loaning you out to Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, and then you proved yourself. And then mm-hmm. that was, a, that's kind of changed a little bit of direction on the team. Mm-hmm. So when I was in, when we were at UCLA, literally it was, um, it was a funny thing. I came in as a winger striker, did my thing for three weeks. And then after three weeks, they threw me at fullback. Yeah. I remember we had a lot of talks about this. And I was like, fullback. I was like, hmm. And it was a very um, rough time because I had a lot of frustrating trainings, very frustrating practices. Yeah. And I went through and then, you know, obviously then I had the conversation with Bob uh, when I ended up signing. Then we ended up moving to the first team facilities, our, our new ones. And something just switched. Like, it was what I needed. Good grass to play, right? The UCLA training facilities, a lot of those players will tell you, like, the fields were bumpy. We couldn't – we were trying to roll the ball on the ground. It would pop up. Like, it was horrid. It was horrid. <laughs> so we go. So I was like, you know, this is very rough. I'm having a rough time. And then we got to the new facilities. Everything started clicking. Better passes, better. And I started getting better, just better and better and better. And my thing was, I told Bob, I said, no, I don't want to leave. I'm going to work until I can get my spot, you know? And for me, that's my thing is put me in a situation long enough, I'll shine. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on how long it's going to take me, but leave me there. Come check on me in three, four months. You'll see a different shot. I promise you. And did he respect that, that you went up to him and told him that? I don't know what he respected. I don't care what he respected because I didn't focus on what he had to say. You know what I mean? And now for me, I'm sure he did respect it. Maybe he did respect the challenge or maybe I think he didn't like it. Mm. And I personally think he didn't like it. And that's just, you know, if I ever do have to talk with Bob, maybe we'll sit down and have this conversation at some point. Yeah. But I personally think that that was like the demise of our, like the beginning of the demise of my career, our relationship between each other. Yeah, it was just, it was a very interesting path. Um, and I think that yeah. was when I stood up because I said, no, 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 I'm going to prove myself. Let, let me be, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because I got, I just got here. I'm not going to go loan, get loaned out to some US. I think it's only fair to give you a, sh- a true shot. Give me a couple months. If a couple months I yeah. still suck, you know what I mean? If I'm still not able to play with the team, then you can have all jurisdiction and do whatever you want. You want this please. I will agree with you. I'll be like, yeah, I do need to go somewhere. Mm. Cause maybe I'm not at this level yet. Yeah. I just came from training with Red Bull Leipzig's first team. Yeah. Stokes first team. There's nothing you're going to like the, the, those teams were 10 times better, not yeah. 10 times, but they were better. Sorry. Yeah. Right. The quality. No, it's, it's a different, it's a completely different world. I mean, they are better. They are better. <laughs> With, so with all due respect to Bob and whatever, whatever he does, you know, and that's a high level. It is very high level, of course. But like, I think he should have understood your history a little bit more and said like, yeah, I know you're going to do your thing. And, and, uh, or at least, yeah, I'll give you a chance with, yeah. to do your thing. That was my thing was I, I really, cause I came in respecting Bob. I was really excited to be trained by Bob. And then Bob came in trying to shadow my dreams. And I was like, ah, Hey, yay, cool. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. I don't really take these words personal. Um, just yeah. because every coach is different. You know what I mean? I've had some very hard coaches. And, and it's just tough love. You know what I mean? And Bob is a tough love type person. He, he mm-hmm. doesn't really 
so much of like, good job, you did very well, blah, blah, blah. But the way he goes about things, you'll, you'll understand when he did well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, that whole preseason, I was kind of having, you know, a lot of shit between the coaches and not like they were giving me a lot of shit just because I didn't really know how to play fullback and I wasn't doing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just found it so difficult. And I was like, bro, this is so hard. Like, yeah, we didn't, even, we so didn't even mention, but I mean, you switched positions that alone. <laughs> not even, let's, let's throw away going to the first team. You switched positions, man. Like if you're going to ask him to do a position that he's never done before, mm-hmm. you've got to let him adapt for three months considering he's played forward or, you know, winger his whole life so that that i don't really have i don't really understand that i really don't that's where, you know i was having a speak, uh, conversation with my dad my dad was just like they're giving you an opportunity take it and so that's what i did i said all right cool i'm gonna figure it out just yeah. like i do in all my life i'm gonna figure it out you know what i'm saying and i got me i know me you know what i'm saying i have my own back so you guys want to sign me at right back shoot cool you know what I mean? It's I'll take do time, it. Though. It's going to take time. It's time. And this is where I think that this is what I mean when I say you need to take care of your players yeah. and have dedication to every single player because yeah. every single player makes that locker room better. That's all the time we had. But we really wanted to thank Shaft for coming on today. He shined a light on what it's truly like to be professional athletes in the United States. And even though opportunities are far and few between and may not always be fair, Shaft reminds us that diligence and faith are what can help you to keep moving forward. We appreciate everyone for listening, and we hope you join us on the next episode of Make the Jump.